I should go walk down the street at night and never have anyone say anything. That's great with the rights, but we don't talk about the responsibilities that go with them. If, if you don't want men to approach you, but you still want to have a relationship with men, then now you've taken on the responsibility to approach them. Hello, everybody. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. I'm a culture and trend strategist, researcher of all things hunter-gatherer, and I'm devoted to healing the divide between men and women. So if you like what you hear and you're on Team Unite Venus and Mars, then join me in growing the movement by hitting subscribe. Now let's get straight into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. You've got your host, Anya Shack here, and today I am joined with Dylan Bain. Dylan is one of my favorite people one of the smartest people and um, someone that I'm really honored to be able to call a friend um, and a peer and a colleague. And hi, I'm just happy to have you. I'm so pleased to be here today. Awesome. So, okay. It's been a minute. I've been traveling. I moved into a new place. Yeah. We're about to start Q4, I guess. Crazy. Um, in 2023. Um, Dylan, what's up with you? Give me an update. Oh, oofta. So from the, the last time I was on the show, I was running, I did, I had a podcast called Fiscally Savage and just doing financial coaching. I'm still doing financial coaching, but I've rebranded from Fiscally Savage into Intuitive Finance. So Love if you're it. looking for Fiscally Savage, you're not going to find it. Um, you know, FiscallySavage.com goes to my new website, which is DylanBain.com. And I've really shifted a lot of my practice from what I call like the practice of savagery, like it's kind of the, the get shit done type of mentality to how do we, how do we understand a relationship to particularly our money? Mm. But, you know, I've, I also firmly believe that when you start improving your life at any one place, it's going to start drifting over to everything else. So really looking at how does your money stories interface with your marriage and with how you raise your kids and your fitness and, you know, how do all these things fit together? Yeah. And so that that's where the idea of intuitive finance came from. It's just an evolution of my practice. So that that's the big the big thing for me. <laughs> Love it. Intuitive finance that um, it's definitely more relatable, right? Like fiscally savage, like I probably couldn't relate to it. It feels like a very specific um, type of person that wants to be fiscally savage, whereas intuitive finance, I'm like, oh, I want to be intuitive. Um, yeah. So it's awesome. Well, and, and it it's just, a, it's a stage of life, right? Yeah. And I, I've talked about this, you know, a number of different times of, you know, like when you, when you first kind of wake up to the idea that you have needs, yeah, you're, you're, you, you, this is new, right? Like it's new yeah. and typically you, if you're surviving, you're, you're, it's not intentional. It's almost been yeah. a happenstance. So yeah, we all get to this point where like, oh, we, we got to get it handled. We got to get our physiological needs met. We got to get yep. our, our safety security needs met. That's the realm of savagery. Yeah. But there comes a point in time where you win. And once you've won, you become more like a Viking in a tea shop because the rules changed. Mm -hmm. And now you're stuck asking yourself, okay, well, I can trash the place because that's what I've always done as a savage. Yeah. I can run back to my comfort zone, which is the path of a coward, right? Like I, I'm, I'm not comfortable here. I'm just going to run back to the battle. And that's where I was, right? Or you can sit down and start to boil water. Because now the, the you know now it's about serving good tea and having good conversation in a good environment, and I feel like that's where a lot of people are. They they might not know that they need the savage or they've conquered the savage, but mm. they don't know what to do now because everything that's made them successful to this point has stopped working. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> Love it. That's a really good point. <sighs> so here we are. Um, 
couple months, yeah, since you've been on the show last. Um, today, I really, so one of the things that I love to do is kind of let the culture and let the moment help us inform how we're thinking about relationships and behavior and like, what are we doing? It's 2023. Um, like, what is true for us? And um, one thing I know that is the truest, and it's something that I'm excited to kind of keep growing and expanding on is this idea that communion, community, like relationship um, is at the, I guess, at the heart of the desires that we have both men and women in, in this world. And so one of the things that I think is really important about that is being able to be intuitive um, as a human being, like related to nature, what is true, what feels right, what is wrong, and something that came up this morning, speaking of like cultural moments, is it seems that there's this, there are these allegations being made against this FIFA um, like president. I think he's like the Spanish president of FIFA soccer. And in, uh, I guess, the Women's World Cup, the Spanish team won. And um, so he they were doing all of these like metal. They were doing a metal ceremony. And essentially, there were the, the Spanish uh, women's team. They were lined up and getting congratulated by the FIFA like members. And there was this there's this video. It's all over Twitter. Essentially, this man uh, hugging her and just kissing her on the cheek and then kissing her, I think, at the very end, kind of like grabbing her face and just kind of kissing her. Um, and then having she walks away, essentially. And I saw that, I heard that the headlines say, you know, FIFA president to be fired or to be tried to get tried against. And, and then I watched the video and I was like, hmm, this is not Harvey Weinstein. Like, this is not a psychopath. Th like, this is an overly emotional guy that got caught up in the moment. Um, why are we treating him like Harvey Weinstein? And I just, it bothers me. And I wanted to understand like how you felt about it from a male perspective. You saw the video too, right? I, I, I did. I did. Um, I mean, this is the world me too gave us, right? Like at right. the end of the day, that that's really what it comes down to. Right. We, there, there's a great discussion about like, we want men to, to be in touch and we want them to be emotional and we want them to be able to be expressive. And then this happens. And then we're like, well, but not like that. And it's, you know, th so you're, I think you hit it on the head of there. There's a question of like, is this a pattern of abuse of power that his man has been, or was it exactly what it looked like in the video where he's just really excited about this team? Right. And I, I think about, and, and to kind of relate it to a different thing of, I was at a men's gathering back in October yeah, and I, I spent, I spent all year like I had been there the year before. I did a terrible job at PT. I wasn't physically fit. So I really worked on my fitness. I hadn't lost yeah. a whole lot of weight, but I was just jacked yeah. in terms of strength. And so I went from somebody who wasn't a serious competitor to winning the tug of war against, a, you know, with against a single elimination tournament against 110 guys. Yeah. And one of the guys who has been a mentor of mine, he came up to me after I won and he gave me this big bear hug and he kissed me on the cheek. This is a guy, he's a police officer, he's big, he's macho. Yeah. And now, now, so here's a question. And me too, was I just sexually assaulted? <laughs> or is this a man who's so excited and this is just what feels natural to humans right. in this moment? Right. And and I, I very much think it's more the latter than the former. And that's what this video looks like to me. Yeah, 
Totally. Because think about it. If you like, I'm just thinking of like Spanish cultural things that I've seen. Um, I remember super chick flick eat, pray, love uh, with Julia (laughs) Roberts and Javier Bardem. And I remember her being a little like, whoa, when he was, he kissed his sons on the lips a lot as a father. Right. And I've also seen men in sports scenarios do that as well. They got caught up in the moment. So it's interesting because if it was a man, this would not be a headline. Or it'd be a very different one. Right. Right. It it, it would be, it, it'll go one way or the other. Right. I, I just like, here's the thing. Do women want to be on a pe- an untouchable pedestal? Like, is that the yeah. end goal No. of, of me too? And there, there was a comedy routine of like, you know, okay, Me Too came along, and this is my my stick, and I can't remember the woman who who did the the skit, but she was basically saying like, "Do you want everyone to stop hitting you at work? No, just the guys that I don't like." Right. But do you know who they are? No, I don't know who they are. I only know after the fact. Right. Okay. Well, you're gonna be in a like like buckle up because it's gonna be really confusing for you for several for several you know for the rest of your life. And Chris Willex talks about this too on, yeah. on Modern Wisdom, where he's like. The majority of women over the age of 30 don't want to be approached, don't want men to talk to, but they all want men to make the first move. So like, what exactly am I supposed to do? Totally. It's <laughs> such a great, it's such a great point. Um, I like filled up my gas yesterday morning and I think I've been in a bit of like a energetic distance kind of month where I've just been traveling a lot and I've been, I think I've been essentially stressed and kind of closed off and something shifted in me a couple of days ago. And I feel much more open and like ready to receive the blessings of the world. <laughs> and so because of that, I went to fill up my gas and as I was coming back to my car, um, this guy like got out and he basically was just like, you are gorgeous. Like, wow. I mean, really though, like, whoa. And I was like, this made my whole month. This was the best thing ever. Like, I loved every minute of this. I loved it because it was authentic. It was real. He was saying how he felt. Um, He wasn't trying to do anything about it. He wasn't trying to, like, proceed onto other things. He wasn't trying to get really close to me. He just said this from afar, and it was really nice, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, um, I got to believe that most women want this. So so I, I I travel by plane a lot. So yeah. similar story, but on the other side, right? Yeah. And I women who walk around with tattoos, especially really cool tattoos. Yeah. I always want to tell them like, hey, I, I, these are really cool. Yeah. And on the way back to Denver uh, last night, there was a woman who had the her entire forearm was American standard style tattoos. Sweet. And I love that style. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, I just want you to know the American standard looks really great. And she was like, oh, thanks. And like, I, but I, I was like, I'm not going to make this creepy. I just moved down with the rest of my life. Yeah. And and that was fine. Like she, we were on the same flight. She, we didn't say anything, but on, you know, two flights prior, I had said to a woman, she had this really cool tattoo on the back of her arm and she was lining up and in, in front of me. And I said, I, I just, I want you to know, I, I really admire your tattoos. And she was like, oh, thank you. And then we were like, we got on the plane and we sat down and she like comes back and she's like, thank you for saying that. That like made my whole day. And I was like, you're welcome. And then she like awkwardly walked away. And I didn't think anything of it. But then when we were getting off the plane, she was like, can I give you my number? Oh, wow. And I was like, uh, and and I had to explain. I said, I said, I said, you know, I, I, I want you to know that I think that you're beautiful. And I think your tattoos are amazing. 
and that's not what I'm looking for right now, but you know, I am flattered. And, and she was like, like, like kind of like crushed. Yeah. And I, I think about this of like, I'm not exactly a small guy. Like I'm not what you'd think of like the guy who can really just you know, lay it down. But that simple compliment was enough to make, to shift yes. this whole thing. Yes. And and this reminds me of like, when you get a guy and a girl says a compliment to a guy and then he's like, it's puppy love and he doesn't know what to do. And he te- yeah. like, he's so starved for it. That's exactly yes. what this felt like. Yes. And so like, have we, have we put the, everybody on this pedestal? Yeah. Particularly women on this pedestal where you can't approach them. You, you, and if you do, if you do, you're a rapist. Yeah. And now as a result, women are like, but where is all this stuff? Like, yeah. I, I want to be seen. I want to be desired. Yeah. I want to be approached. And then you got men going like, fuck that. The, the cost benefit analysis is so skewed. Mm. Like I can just stay in my basement with porn. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, it really, um, it's really sad. I yesterday was I I got back into like getting on Zoom and listening to Zoom calls and stuff. And I got on a Jillian Potier call, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And I love her like FEM, femme leadership kind of work. And yesterday's call was all about the art of allure and beauty. And she was just like, beauty has nothing to do with what you look like. And she basically started she just essentially goes into this, like this idea of a man's desire um, on this earth is to find communion. And so I, I just really resonated with that. And he was just like, essentially like the feminine doesn't lead, but her frequency leads her frequency goes first. So if she's like inviting and open, then it's like inspiring for a man to take action. And so I think that's true. I find that to be so true. Um, do you feel like that is still true in this day and age, like in this kind of like high functioning, overworked millennial experience that a lot of us are living in? Do you think that most men will kind of shift out of this like, oh, the cost benefit analysis, like this is not worth it. I'm just going to stay at home because they're so inspired by some some allure or beauty or do you think they're not even phased by it? There's like some wall that's like blocking them from seeing it. I think they're scared. I think they're scared. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. so like, think about what you're like, what you're describing to me is like, okay, yeah, that and the unicorn and the dragon, it's all really cool. Um, <laughs> and it, it just like when, when you're saying that, like, and I think about like my type, right? Like I remember there was one time, um, we were out at, at a restaurant and this woman walked by and I, I was kind of like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and my wife, Dominique was like, she's not your type. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I, I want every, I want what she's having. Like, and she, she was like, okay, but tell me more. Right. Yeah. And I was like, my type isn't a phenotypic type, but that woman walks like she owns the place. Yeah, totally. Right. Like she, she's walking like she owns the place. And that just seems like it would be a good time. Totally. And you know, there's, there's a power that's there. There's, there's a presence that's there. There's, there's a well of mystery that's there because it, it's there and you know, there's more and you, yeah. you just kind of want to find the bottom. Yeah. But yeah. there, but there's also the fear of like, if I walk up to her, like rejection is one thing, but in a post me too world, like, how do I even have that conversation? Mm. Right. If you, if you read a book, like the love of, for the love of men by Liz Plank, which is a book I'm convinced she wrote without ever talking to an actual man. Yeah. You know, she'll say that like, you get one pass and if you're rejected, you never go back to it. Yeah. Right. And so if you're a, if you're a guy who 
who's, you know, you get rejected and then you have the, you, you go on Instagram later and the woman's like, I don't know why he didn't like, like ladies, you got to reject them three times and make them keep coming back. And then mm. like the only guys who are going to sit there are the ones who don't respect women's boundaries. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, so, so you, you, you find yourself in this, this dynamic where like, you can see it, you want it, you want to go for it, but it seems so inaccessible. Mm. And the, the, the penalty for stepping out of bounds because it's it's a learning process, right? Mm-hmm. Learning to approach a woman is it's hard, mm-hmm. and so if you if you get one and done, you're never going to learn to improve your technique. You're never going to learn how to how to negotiate boundaries. You're never going to. It becomes this fable, mm. and if it's a fable, why do we care if it's on a screen or not? And that screen can be whatever I want it to be, whenever I want it to be, even if it is dehumanizing, at least I, I don't suffer a penalty for it. I agree. I mean, it's, I also just think that like, there are so many different rule books now that nobody's really sure what is, what to do, you know, how to do it. What's the right thing? Is it three times or is it one time? Like you just, you never know. And you're right. The fear kind of just takes over. Um, well, you you get men who you like. There's the common thing in the black pill community, right? You can't fix your face. Okay. Um, you know, you can't fix your face, and so you know, they what what you see is, you know, and this kind of goes back to this comedians thing of like, do you want everyone at work to stop hitting on you? No, just the ones I don't want to hit on me. Yeah. Well, what you paint me a picture of what the people that you want to hit on you look like? Oh, they're all the hot guys. Okay, right. cool. So they get a pass, and they're the ones who are most likely to be dark triad males. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You you self-selected into a world of shit and you just don't understand that. Right, right, right. You know, and I'm not I'm not saying that like the guys, you know, all guys are, you know, that they're they're rejecting are gonna be great catches because right. they're wounded individuals too. Right. But they're we're creating this constant like as time goes on, in my opinion, we're creating this more and more of a funhouse mirror and a warped lens by which we're looking through this. And we we want it all, but we're all focused on our rights. I should have the right to be at a bar and not be harassed. I should be, I have the right to, I should be able to walk down the street at night and never have anyone say anything. That's great with the rights, but we don't talk about the responsibilities that go with them. Totally. So like if, if, if you don't want men to approach you, but you still want to have a relationship with men, then now you've taken on the responsibility to approach them. And, and of course now, now you factor into like a lot of male wounding is, is, you know, around the feminine is, you know, that, that whenever women have approached them in the past, it's been a trick. Mm, yeah right, the mean girls thing <laughs> yeah and so like you, you it's going to be an uphill battle my friend and that's going to be hard yeah wow oh that's really that's really difficult because you know on the female side it's like i don't know i don't care like who she is i don't care if she's like boss babe ceo whoever it is every conversation i'm still having with a woman that's like, even if she's like over super functioning and doing all of these things and just like kind of crushing her life, the whole story, every conversation always comes back to a guy. It always comes back to men. It always goes back there. And that's just to say that like, there's um this front that's like being put up where uh, essentially it's by all the over-functioning, all of the overproducing, like all of the kind of like overly hypersexualization that women are doing too of themselves. Like all of that stuff is in this, like it's in this ploy to say kind of like, oh, I don't need anyone. I don't need a man. I'm fine. I'm good. But no one would be doing any of that if it weren't for men, right? 
it's all still for men, which is so funny because it's like the the cheap, it's like the cheap um way of trying to appeal to men. And it's not working at all because I'm realizing I've learned this over years and years and years. Like the true way is to have just inner, like inner radiance. That's it. It's simple. It's really, really simple. And it's just so something that so few women um embody these days. No, and they're, they're told that they don't have to. Yeah, they're told they don't have to. You know, one of the things is when you were talking about that, that made that kind of like sprung in my mind is that, you know, women have problems, men are problems. Hmm. You know, so you, you, you when you're talking about like, oh, it always comes back to a man. Well, of course, we're the problem, right? <laughs> but if the problem wasn't them or their approach or the fact that they pushed people away in their 20s. Like right. the problem that there, there's there's very little personal responsibility in that totally. place, whereas for men, it's all personal responsibility. Right. hundred percent. You know, there's it goes kind of back to the wild at heart concept of deep in his heart. Every man longs for a battle to fight and adventure to live yeah. and beauty to rescue. Well, if the beauty is going to resist rescuing and make the job even harder, like you're yeah. not going to have that. And if we took away their ability to, to make a living and live an adventure, they're not going to do it. And so then when you end up with men who don't know what to do, yeah. you know, especially when we've removed the ability to initiate boys into men. Yeah. Now we just have, boys and adult male bodies yeah exactly that's it gosh i have such a hard time sometimes now because when i like go and i visit friends and like for example while i was in california i was visiting a friend and like oh i'm just i'm just seeing this guy you know and it's it's like okay like what what do you mean like what are you saying to me yeah i'm just seeing this guy you know he's he's 45 he lives in you know this neighborhood of LA where lots of like it's like a cliche like men over the age of 45 that are single and still go out and party live and so it's it's like okay so you're you're sleeping with a guy right you're giving a guy sex with absolutely nothing in return like what are Perfect. you getting like, Perfect. what are you getting for it Literally, literally, absolutely. He has to give you nothing. And this is a 45 year old boy. For him, this is perfect. Yep, 100%. And and he gets a lot of self-validation after it. Because if I were to tell him like, hey, dude, like maybe you should be more, take yourself more seriously. Getting laid. Are you getting laid? Right? Like like that's the, the you know, I, I, I sleep with three different women every week. Like, and you're, you've been with what, the same woman for 14 years? Are you insane? Like the, these yeah. are the conversations I literally get to have. <laughs> that is mind blowing to me. Cause then you just like, it, it's like mindset too. Right. Cause like, I'm not, I'm just fascinated by mindset and culture and like where people live. Right. Because then you think about the farmer boy who has lived in this like rural neighborhood, rural farm land area. Um, and then at 18, he like fell in love with this girl. And he's like, I want to marry this girl and like want to be with her for the rest of my life. And I mean, I went to school in New York. I lived in New York. Then I lived in Europe. Then I lived in LA. I will pretty much say there are very few men that I've met in my life that have ever said the thing, something like, I want to be with this woman for the rest of my life below the age of 30, you know? Yeah. So then you got an 18 year old saying that like, it makes you wonder, like, what is this masculine mindset shift, you know? And it really is not about age as far as I've been learning. In, in my opinion, it's about initiation. Yeah. Is what it comes yeah. down to is that you, you what you have is an uninitiated man. Yeah. Uh, or adult male, right? He's not a man. He's adult male. Adult male. You know, 
coupled with the fact that you had, you know, things like the sexual revolution and, and, you know, yeah, as I've always walking the fine line between, yes, there were things that we needed to take care of, but it's also gone a little bit too far at this point. I think we yeah. all can agree with that. Yeah. There, there is this whole concept that comes out of feminism. And in like, if you go to feminist blogs, like feministing, uh, Jezebel is another one. You'll frequently see things of like, women deserve sexual pleasure and one night stands are a way to get that. And if you're not having one night stand, you're somehow a prude, right? Like, and they, they encourage this type of behavior. So, yeah. you know, then you get these guys on the other hand, like if, if the, if the, the bar for sex is to be hot and in the right place at the right time, that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. There's nothing more to be, there, there's nothing more I ever need to do because I, you know, she's going to provide for herself. Okay, great. Yeah. But then I don't have to provide. So I can just fuck around and do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, all I need to do is, is, is look the right part, say the right things and be in the right place at the right time. Whereas you go to the farm girl. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, the, he's a good man. He'll provide and yeah. I can have kids or like, why is it that in these rural communities, really any communities of like, oh, like all the women want to be with the quarterback or the stud of the football team right. because he's going to get me out of this town. Totally. Yeah. Right. And then he, he, you know, he's not as successful in college and then they're stuck in the town. Now she's pissed and upset and unhappy and he doesn't right. know what to do because you can kind of see how the whole thing starts to fit together. Right. Right. There's you know, it, but it, but to me, it all comes back down to a male initiation. Like if you don't have the ability to initiate boys into, into adulthood, yeah, they're never going to, they're never going to make the switch from like, let's just fuck yeah. everything that moves to, yep. I actually want a legacy in a family. Yep. A hundred percent. And women are shooting themselves in the foot essentially over and over again by um this kind of like, just this, this like. I deserve to have pleasure uh, like a man. So I'm going to have sex like a man and have one night stands, but you're not a man. You, you don't have pleasure like a man. You can't find pleasure the way that a man does. It's a completely different system, intricacy, nature. It's completely different. And so it's another like example of why, how we're just like trying to kind of delete the female experience, which is really heartbreaking for me. And there's this like, uh, there's this like headline I saw. Um, Mar- uh, what's her name? Um, the woman that wrote the case against the res- uh, Louise Perry, the case against the sexual revolution. She was talking about this article. The female Andrew Tate, the new influencer dating doctrine is extreme, but I can see why it's popular. This idea of like young women struggling with debt and burnout need a better vision than getting a rich man to pay the bills. So it's this like how to how to use and abuse wealthy men to get what you want. Oh, yeah, so, I. I have a friend in New York who had like this three year torrid affair with this Wall Street banker. And she was like, she was like, I don't I hate his lifestyle. I don't even like him. But like, God, it's great to go to these nice restaurants. Wild blows my mind. It's so devoid of any sort of intuitive knowing about what we really want and desire as humans, in my opinion. 100 percent. I mean, but that's the. That's the problem with with trying to trust in, intuition. If you're if you're inauthentic to yourself and you have yeah. you have inauthentic in, inauthentic attachment, yeah, you you have no intuition. Yeah, it's true. You have you know, to and yeah, you you have to build it. Then you do it by going back and, and dealing with attachment wounds and building an authentic, strong, solid self. Yeah, but can I, one thing that that kind of jogged in my memory when you were talking about, um, you know, like like not trusting women. Yeah. Um, you know, there is there has been a whole bunch of writing about this idea of mother's instinct. And in the you know, the 50s, 60s and 70s, the idea of like mother's instinct was this patriarchal concept to keep women barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. Right. You know, they have mother's instinct. And so 
what what feminism did in that moment is it told women you can't trust your own feelings because if you do have these these right. these like desires to motherhood or you start your ovaries start hurting or you hear your biological clock ticking it's the patriarchy it's not really you that's not a real thing and it's it's interesting to me as i watch the women in my age group age you know and, yeah. and have kids or not have kids or whatever how much you start to see that like this, these patterns of behavior and it's like, oh, there is actually something yeah. here. And biologically that would make sense. Yeah. So like women are getting it from all sides. They're yeah. getting it from the one side of the men being like, nope, you don't, you're not actually having an experience. That pain isn't real. And you right. get the feminism to side be like, and if you do, it's patriarchy. Totally. Oh my <laughs> God. Such a great point. And I was just even kind of closing the loop on the fact that like this friend, like choosing a many friends, right? Like, and myself included, like in my 20s, like choosing to like become attached to adult male boys, essentially. Um, but what I've noticed is like that's more true nowadays for for women that are like in their mid 30s. They're still kind of behaving that way when they're on the birth control pill, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, whereas oh, women. Yeah, I just feel like the women that aren't um, like I've never been on it. I've never taken it. Um, I never wanted to when I was a teenager, when they were like, oh, it'll help your acne. It'll help you feel better. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. And I never have. And um, a lot of the friends that I had have, um, you know, started taking birth control and they've been taking it up until now, you know. And I think like the women, though, that I have met in the last five years of my life, the last six years that maybe I've met in like more, you're more like self-development circles, um, women that are a little more in touch with nature, some of the more religious women that I've met, like Christian women that are married. um, These women are not on birth control. And I find that all of those women are much more attuned to this like deeper desire for provision from a man. Um, And the women that are on birth control are a little more susceptible to the we're all equal. Like it's fun. Casual sex is great. Like he seems nice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he seems nice. Exactly. Yeah. I, the, one of the criticisms, I'm, I'm certainly not a biologist or a doctor by any yeah. extent, but like one of the criticisms I've heard is that the birth control fill takes the hormonal cycles of a woman and turns them into the hormonal cycles of a man. Ugh. It's just this constant yeah. steady state. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, there's always that joke of like, she's on, she's off, she's on. Yeah. So men always have to just be on all the time. Yeah. Well, it turns out like hormonally, that's actually exactly what happens. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, I for me, it's a steady state of 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 output. And and like my wife is not on birth control. My roommate's not on birth control. Yeah. You know, and, and to watch them like old <laughs> cycles. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like what's what's constant for that is to like in in part of part of my own initiation into manhood and, and learning how to to be you know, the only man in the house. Yeah, is to to learn to deal with those, and and it's not like they're a burden. Don't ever hear that I say that this is a burden. This yeah. is just part of my life, and so you know that's part of the beauty of who they are. Yeah, you know yeah. the 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 ebb and the flow of that type of thing. This is this is a natural thing, and you know I, I'm a pretty big believer that women should be able to be sexually free. Like I I, I yeah. don't think that it should be like you need to be married a virgin totally. and then never have like like that's totally. not a great plan. And at the same time, I do think that we've we've swung that pendulum to the point where it's now to dehumanize an activity. Like Tinder is dehumanizing. Absolutely. Like it's dehumanizing. And I think that the birth control pill at this point, like any chemical intervention, if it's not needed, is dehumanizing. Absolutely. You know, 
when you talk about culture writ large, like a- any place where we start and we separate human beings from human activities is anti-human. Yeah. You know, and we start that by separating ourselves from nature, by bo- by pretending yeah. that there's us. And then there's this thing called the environment over here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's Or like there's the economy and the environment. Yes. And there, there's like, no, the economy is the environment. Yes. Like our entire culture is predicated on the fact that we have six inches of topsoil and it rains. Yeah. Like without that, we're fucked. And so it goes back to the same thing with men and women of, of like, you know, we going back to the FIFA example, this man kissed this woman out of clear excitement. Totally. Like how many, how many times have you seen like, like the end, you know, the football team wins the match wherever and everyone like there's men who are like grabbing each other and they're kissing each other. Like this is clearly a human activity. Yeah. Your spontaneous celebration. Or if you you're in a, in a, like in Italy, like, you know, someone's playing a violin and then there's like spontaneous dancing and like you're dancing cheek to cheek. Yeah. You know, there's nothing sexual or coercive about it. This is just a very human experience. Totally. Last night I was uh, out dancing um, salsa and kizomba and like so much cheek to cheek dancing. And it was just such beautiful, beautiful um, dancing. And I, was able to really let go last night. And I had some beautiful dances with um, a couple of different leads. And one of them, one of my favorite things that this man does, he is actually engaged to be married. He's a wonderful part of our community. He's, he's just great. He's always like the guy that, you know, is going to get shit done. He's just like dependable. He's awesome. Um, He's great. And his boundaries are amazing. One of my favorite things about him is sometimes like, he'll decide when he's going to leave in his mind and you, and and then if you ask him to like do something for you or stay later to dance a little more, he'll just, he'll always say no, thanks, but no, I have to go. And it's really, it's really attractive actually to hear men um, be kind and firm with their boundaries. It's really nice. And um, last night kind of in Kizomba, what is kind of commonplace or popular is, and one of one, this is something that the leads that know how to dance really do well, is they actually spend three songs with each person, not just one, because the first song is like you get the feeling, right? You just vibe with somebody, and then the second song is slower, and then the third song you kind of pull back and like really just like hit those like beats, you know, and like a lot of like fun action. So the first two songs, if somebody's watching, they probably would be like, "What's happening? Like, not much is moving." You know, but what's actually happening is um, like little micro movements. So like your left chest goes back and then her left chest follows and then your right shoulder goes back and then her right shoulder follows. And it's like this really beautiful snake like um, rolling kind of aspect to the dance. And it's really freaking healing. And it's so human. And it's like you just get caught up in the moment when you feel safe. And you feel like this man is knows what he's doing. Um, it's incredibly beautiful. And it's just like a very human experience. And then you kind of leave the experience. And you're just like, wow, that was so great. Somebody that doesn't know about this dance or isn't privy to these intricacies might think like, oh, whoa, those two are probably like sleeping together, you know, but they're not. And so it's just kind of like what you said um, with the with the FIFA example. So, yeah. Well, like, but how, how much of it's, how much have we, we boiled everything down that has to be about sex? Yeah, of course. Like, like sex is a central part of human experience for sure. 
And like you can have these interactions where it's not sexual. Yeah. Um, you know, case in point, I, I live with two adult women. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one one I am sleeping with, you know, that's yeah. my wife. Yeah. And the other one where it's never been like that's never that's never been part of the the equation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of people like, well, how how, how do you handle that? I get up in the morning and I say good morning and go about my day. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Like it, it doesn't have to like there there isn't this sexual impetus. And I I think like even with the FIFA example, even if it had been a man, right? Yeah. Or my, my friend kissing me after the tug of war competition, yeah. like there was nothing sexual to it. Totally. And assigning something sexual to it is to is actually to pervert the entire thing. Can I? say something further oh my gosh this just kind of came to me and i i don't know this might get me a little bit in trouble but like i feel like the impetus to pervert the whole thing is coming from a place of deep it's like a shadow response to a deep deep need for that to actually indeed be sexual but in a way that is fulfilling to the female like at a deeper 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 level um And so it's kind of like a shadow response, you know, in the sense of like the same way that a woman that deeply wants love can go about her day with a shield up and like, I don't need no man. I'm an independent woman. No catcalling. Get away from me. But she really deep down wants love, this woman. And so on a collective, this isn't about the FIFA soccer player and that guy, but on a collective level, it's this like, if I trusted myself I knew that love was available to me. I knew that like I was worthy of love. I knew that like I could trust life and the masculine. Then I wouldn't feel like this was an attack hmm. on me, you know? Yeah. It 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 reminds me of a statement of of like when you're not when 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 everyone's not having sex, all you talk about is sex. And when everyone's having sex, you talk about whatever else is going on. A hundred thousand percent. Right. People like are lonely as fuck. Yeah. And then some levels, I wonder, you know, back to the 60s and 70s, everything was so under wraps that it was like, everything must be about sex because we're all immature. And, and like, you know, so so we made everything about sex, but we never we never grew up Yeah, beyond yeah. that point where it's like, yeah, sex yeah. is great, but it's it's one part of a bigger equation here. Yeah. I mean, I always bring this up because I just love these books, but there's this trilogy of books called the Earth Song series, and it's set in like the year 4000 BC. And it talks about like, it's following the stories of these like mother tribes versus, uh, and they get kind of conquered. There's a war going on between these mother tribes who are peaceful and they like are goddess worshiping people. Whereas then there's these warriors that come in to raid and they're more like God warrior praising people. And um, the mother people, there's this part of the culture where 13 year old girl becomes a woman and it's like her coming out day, right? Her day that she becomes a woman. And um, she basically the like group of men like are dancing for her and she gets to choose which man she will go spend the night with. And like the whole fable goes like no one can see them. No one can hear them all night. And so, but the, what they all say that they're doing together is sharing joy sharing joy, sharing joy. And so the idea also is that they like talk about in this book, how um, all night long, these, these, these adults now, right. They're 13. The boys are a little bit older are making love. 
But nowhere during that night is there a penetration because they talk about how um, the mother people are really sacred and thoughtful about babies coming into this world. So especially a girl that just becomes a woman at 13, she's not going to allow a boy to penetrate her, a man to penetrate her until she's ready to conceive. And so they talk about how they had this whole night of love and it was so beautiful and that now she's a woman. Whereas the like warrior tribes, because now they're kind of intermixed at the place in the book that I'm reading, the person in the warrior tribe will say, well, you didn't have sex. You're still a virgin. And the mother people are like, what is a, what is that? Like, what? Do you, yes, we did. We made love. We were making love. And the warrior person's like, no, you didn't. Right. So sex as a commodity versus sex as this like shared, joyful kind of sacred experience. Um, very, very distinct. And I think that that is something that we struggle with in our culture today, too. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about it like there's that, that transition to womanhood, but sex isn't it, you know, whereas men are yeah. like, but but what are we doing here then? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's really beautiful book, man. You guys should really think about reading it. The Earth Song series by Mary Mackey. Um, and like she writes even about just like the honor and respect coming from the, the men and the tribes of the mother people of like they would never even it would never even cross their minds to penetrate a woman unless like they had discussed it prior. They were thinking about like, well, if we have a child, like this is what it would be like. I would be taking, you know, it's just so, um, so different. So, so different. Yeah. I mean, we, we have so many hangups about sex in this culture and so many extra ex- expectations that we have on it. Yeah. Like I always wondered like how many people are in relationships that they don't want to be because you know, like they were told like, this is what, this is the right, the right person for you. Or like, there's some sort of rationalization. So many people, um, you know, so many people, I have a friend who, uh, I have a friend who massage, like has a massage business and it's just, it's shocking to me. The stories I hear about, um, how many men are actively, 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 uh, having extramarital affairs just because like financially, familially, like community wise, like it was just the right thing to marry this person. And it's like, what year are we living in? It just feels like such an archaic way to live your life, you know? Well, I mean, Connor Beaton likes to say, talk about this all the time of like men cheat to stay in relationships and women cheat to get out of relationships. Yes. You know, and and I, I just think about that of like, so, so for starters, that makes more sense than I wish it did. It makes way more sense to me too than I wish it did. Yeah. And, but, but like, I think about it even in like my own experience of like my wife and I had kids and then yeah. what, what, what did like, I became third on the best days in the totem pole of things that she's like, I'm, I'm fourth most of the time. Yeah. 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 Right. Cause it's her, the kids, her job. Right. And in that order. Right. And, and like, those three things in and of themselves mean that like for me, I'm on, I'm on the bottom of the total pole all the right. time. Like right. it, we, you get to, it's like nine 30 at night and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, Oh, hi, you're here. Like, mm. and, and to me, it's like, yeah, I, I've been trying to get your attention all day. Like, and, and I understand that there's, there's some immaturity in my, even in myself that goes along sure. with that of like, sure. being like, but now stop and think about this from a standpoint of like, what if she had even more responsibilities or we had more kids, but I only have totally. two. Totally. Right. Like, what if we had five? Totally. Like, totally. I'm the, like, like I'm now going to be the very 
the very bottom of the barrel and, and as should be right mm. and at the same time like there's there's feelings of validation there's feelings of you know their sexual yeah of course it's like so how would the world be different if there was an outlet for that and of course the argument comes back to like okay well but the women should have that outlet too and it was like yeah i, I get that i'm not going to tell you you shouldn't i'm also just going to point out that the calculus for us is different 100 percent oh this is this is just so clear. This is so clear. There's so many things at play here. I mean, there's a bit of Madonna whore complex, I'm sure, for a lot of men um, that haven't really quite figured that and healed through that to where they're when their woman becomes the mother of their children, she's suddenly this like virginal kind of like mother figure that is no longer like a sex thing. And so that changes the dynamic um, when unhealed. There's also that, yeah, like you said, the totem pole of kids, job, and then husband. And then now in like this day of self, self-care self and like it's all about me, it's like myself, <laughs> kids, job, then husband, or maybe it's job, kids, whatever it is for modern women. I'm not sure. I'm sure it differs for all of them. But this is why this is like the essence of the womanly arts, like those types of things that women used to teach each other about like how to make sure that like the man in your life feels like he's your, your top person, you know, um, at least right up there with your kids, like at the same level. And I think, um, that's definitely been lost in our culture. Um, I think that's really important and no, you bring up a good point about like how, how that happens. And, and then men, I feel like men are so, men are so, all about commitment like they want to see things through to the end it's like i decided we're gonna get married like where we got married like i'm not giving up on this i don't care what it takes i'm not like i'm not gonna i think a lot of men don't want to seem like they failed by getting a divorce mm. yeah if i if i stop fighting then I've, I've shown that this thing wasn't worth it to me um yeah it reminds me of a friend of mine who's he's he was a married when i when i met him he was had been doing marriage therapy for like 25 years yeah and that was you know 15 years ago yeah but he was very fond of saying that when women divorce men the men are always blindsided totally even though they shouldn't have been totally but when men divorce women it's because they have a new woman yeah you know yeah. and it it yeah you know, the, again it kind of goes back to like there's there's a difference in the sexes and for for a lot of guys, like, and this is true in in the men's workspace where I do a lot of my mentoring. Yeah, it's so very true. Where you have these guys who come in and be like, "Well, like, you know, she she wanted me to come to this thing, but I don't know why I'm here." And I'm like, "It's because you're about to get divorced and you don't know it." And yeah. I've literally told this to some guys, and they're like, "No, I think we're gonna be fine." And then they go back from the event, and like um, two months later, they're I don't know why she's divorcing me. Totally. I got some ideas. Yeah, like, of course. You know, it, it's it's not an unusual thing to think. And, you know, I think that for women specifically, it's they, they identify like this guy is just not looking at it because the guy's only going to fight exactly what's in front of him. Exactly. You know, and, she, and so she's presenting him problems and he's trying to solve them. What the problem is, is that she can't feel him. You can't punch feelings in the face. Yeah. And so this goes again back to the idea of male initiation. That's part of what male initiation is. Yeah. Is helping them understand what that what yeah. that even looks like. I feel like there's so many men that I know that are in their 50s and 60s whose lives would just be so much better. Like I know it. I'm some one of these people that like has a problem. My my problem is like taking over ownership for other people and like their experience. So I need to chill out about that. But I just feel like, oh, God, they just feel like 
marriage is just this like big ball and chain and they're going to stick it out and it's fine. And I just was like, oh, you have so much time left to have it be different. Um, But so many of those men like feel like they're just too old for an initiation. Like they've overcome, they've, they're too old. Like, what do you say when, you know, a man is like interested in men's work, but he's 60 and he feels like, ah, he's just too old. He doesn't want to go through with it. Then that's his path. Yeah. I mean, like I've had men who are 60 who show up and it's like, welcome brother. Yeah. How are they? How are they when they like get into this? They, they, there's two, there's two varieties. Tell me. In my my opinion, there's the guys who are like, yeah, I'm here, but let me tell you a thing or two, kid. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you have nothing to teach me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I don't, I don't need this. And, and like, it's kind of glib, but it's more the baby boomer of like, well, have you tried a firm handshake? Like, it's how it's, mm. what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And then you have the guys who are kind of like, I've tried everything and I'm not being successful and I want to try something. Like, this is my Hail Mary. Yeah, of course. You know, and it's it's those guys that if they if they some of them will white knuckle their way through, you know, like an event. Yeah. And they don't get a lot out of it. But it's the one who are just like, I'm 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 I'm, for the first time in my life, I'm not going to fight anything. Yeah. I'm going to be in this space. Love it. Those guys have had huge, huge growth, absolutely huge growth where they turn around and I remember one guy after we, we did the, this breathwork session, and he he just looks around and he goes, fuck me. This is all she's been asking me for for 20 years. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, this right here, the ability to just experience this. And like, you know, I, I've talked to him since then. I was like, hey, how's, how's your marriage going? And he was like, ask me about the sex. Ask me about the sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's the kind of thing I love to hear. Oh you know, but then God. you get the other guys who would like, they go back and they're like, I had the experience. I checked the box. Now love me. Oh, right. And right, it's right, like, right, yeah, right. that that's, that's you're it. about to get divorced. <laughs> you're about to get divorced. That's not it. Um, let me ask you, what do you think are like, I'm not going to say three or like, it can be two, it can be four, whatever. What are the things that you feel um, if a man in a marriage over a long amount of time, five, 10, 15, 20 years has these things from his partner, from his wife or his more feminine partner, who who knows, um, this is, will be like what inspires and sustains him, um, without like wanting to, like you said, men that ask for divorces, it's because they have another woman. Like, what do you think those are things are to deter a man from, from wanting to get a divorce? Are you asking me what are the elements of a good relationship? I think I'm, I'm not asking you what the elements of good relationship are because I think I'm asking what are the elements? Well, okay. What are the elements of fulfilling relationship for a man? Like what does a man need? Cause I think maybe a woman needs something a little bit different. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the first thing that, that men need is a solid sense of self. Right. And, and I say that because, and this is true for men and women too. What is a good relationship is a great question. Yeah. So I'll just define it. Sure. A good relationship is in which my self-worth and my image of myself is not dependent on that relationship at all. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, when you are completely solid, like, oh, this woman's in my life and my life is better because of it. The Cheerios taste better and the sex is amazing. Yeah. Right. And if she walks out the door, you go, 
that sucks and I'm sad and I'm going to cry about this. Yeah. And I'm still fine. I'm still me. I'm still everything I needed to be. So I think that that's, that's really like first and foremost. Sure. I think the second thing that men need in it to be filled in relationship is other men, you know? So if you have a man who's with a woman, you know, and they're in a marriage or committed partnership, but he doesn't have a group of guys that he can go and be with. Yep. Uh, that relationship is going to become real freaking a mesh real quick, you Love know? It. So, so I think, I think for women, there's a lot of like, well, he's mine. I don't want him going out and getting stupid with his college buddies. And it's like, well, there, there might be some conversation about maybe you should upgrade your friends, sure. but he absolutely needs his friends. hundred percent. Um, you know, and I, I think the, the third thing is, is that the men need a clear purpose. Like they need to know what they, what, what, what is needed from them, what they want. You know, if if she comes in and she's like, I want you to make me happy, that's a really unclear objective. Yeah. You know, and at the same time of like, I need you to take out the trash. Okay, I'm gonna go take out the trash. And so like, for the guys, they need to do it. But there also has to be like, there's a thing that's going on on Instagram right now of like, we're losing this woman. Is she married? Yes, she is. Ma'am, your husband sat down and he looks comfortable. And like, suddenly she's back, right? From the brink of death. Honey, like you have to understand that like this guy has a mission, but you know, rest is important for them too. Mm. You know, and sometimes that mission does not include you. For sure. Absolutely. I think that's really big. I think that's something I've talked about a lot in my writing is just the, the way a woman craves closeness is probably just about the same way that a man craves like space to go out and like do his thing just as important. Deep in his heart, every man looks for an adventure to live, a battle to fight, and a beauty to rescue. Love it. That's what it comes down to. It's it's just (laughs) so true. No, I love that you defined like what a man needs within himself. I think these are really important things with the brotherhood and then with his purpose. My question is, and was, I guess, part two is like, what do you think he needs from a woman? My my knee jerk is always honesty. Yeah. Um, Because like for me, it's, you know, I, I have my three rules of how to interact with Dylan you know, be honest, speak plainly and let me know where I stand. Yeah. So like if you if I know where I stand, then I'm yeah. I'm able to stand there. If I yeah. don't know where I stand, I'm going to flail about. So, yeah. You know, so, so the first thing I would say for for any what a, a man needs from a woman is like you you need to let him know where he stands. Totally. Totally. You know, whether you know, you're like it's the guy in the gas station. Oh, that's really great. Hey, can I have your number? That's not exactly what we're doing here. But thank you. Yeah. Oh, OK, cool. Cool. Now he can choose to not to not to, to be shitty with that, but you know, you let him know where he stands. Sure. I think the second thing is, is that if he's worthy of it, he needs, he needs respect. Yeah, totally. You know, like a man is not going to look for, for admiration and he's not going to look to be constantly validated, but he is going to look to be respected. His opinion, his thoughts, his counsel, his abilities, and not all men are worthy of that. And that's again, going back to like knowing where you stand. Like I want to respect you, but here's the reasons I don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the third thing that I would say is, is that like men need to be loved on. Yeah. Like men, like I, I'm famous for not wearing my emotion. Like I wear my attitudes on my sleeve, but my emotions, like my hurts, you like, I could be sitting there in horrendous emotional pain and you'd have no idea, you know? And so like, it means the world to so many men when a woman will spontaneously just you hug and say, I just want you to know you're worthwhile. Yeah, for sure. And like walk away. It doesn't have to be a sexual thing. Like, yeah, just any level of touching, like how infrequently men are touched, physically touched. Yeah. 
you know, or, or there's affection that's given without expectation, without, you know, being part of some cosmic balance sheet, Love you know, it. those, that affection is, is go do yourself a favor. Ask a man, when was one time where you really felt loved and respected? Yeah. And I like every guy will either have one or two responses. They will either tell you about this time and it will be like, you'll be like looking at a kid on Christmas with a new fire truck. Like mm-hmm. it's this precious memory of theirs. Mm. Or you'll have the guys who are like suddenly crushed in a dark hole because it's never happened. Yeah. Ooh. I love that. Thank you. That's really, really big. Um, one of the biggest blessings that I've learned is that kind of the fe- feminine leadership is essentially um, an integrity check. Hmm. It's just an honesty and integrity check. So I love what you said about the first one. Um, the second one and the third one all make sense too. Um, appreciation and respect, honesty. These are great. I feel like I feel like we're going to leave it right there. I feel like we've had a great chat about kind of the the moment of where we're at and culture and men and women and and just yeah. I guess um, I want to leave everybody with the question of yeah, what what do you really desire when it comes to the opposite sex? What do you really really want um, in your life? Like, what do you want to feel? What do you want to experience? Uh, I think that's a really big question. So. That's it. Last words, Dylan. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Love it. All right. Catch y'all later on the next one. Thanks for listening.